Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we go on a card drafting tour around the globe in Boomerang. Next up, we walk with animals and talk with animals in Ark Nova. And lastly, we continue our exploration of TV-themed games from yesteryear in Space 1999. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, guys. It's time to game. <laughs> and Mike Grenier. Mmm, na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> Our first game up this week is Boomerang, designed by Scott Almas, published by Grail Games in 2020, number of players, two to four, ages 10 and up, playtime, 15 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the little box. On the cover of the box, a majestic bald eagle sails proudly by the patriotic Lady Liberty and the stoic faces of Mount Rushmore. America. <laughs> Inside, you'll see... <laughs> that's so America, this cover. Um, inside, you'll see 28 location cards, four mini pencils, and a score pad. Loving it. Yeah. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we throw this boomerang to our game explorers, Evan, <laughs> give us a quick turnaround of the rules. <laughs> Boomerang is a draft and write game. You know, there's roll and writes. This is a draft and write (laughs) in which each player will travel on routes across the country to score the most points. And there's three different flavors. There's Boomerang USA, there's Boomerang Europe, and Boomerang uh, Australia. Australia. Mm. Right. So depending on which game you're going to play, you're going to get that particular map. So each player gets a copy of the map, and it's filled with letters along routes spanning the map. At least it is in two of the uh, two of those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, what what you do is you deal seven cards to each player. You draft one card and place it face down. Then pass and draft again, face up for the remaining six cards. So now you're going to have a hand of seven cards. Then score your hand. First, compare the last card to the first card in your hand and score the difference. Next, icon, next, score the icons by their colors. There's green icons, yellow icons, and blue icons. And each of those color icons gets scored differently. Mm-hmm. And finally, each card has a letter. So you mark those on your map. So be the first to, for example, build a transcontinental railroad, and you'll earn a bunch of bonus points. Or fill in a particular region of your map first, and you'll <laughs> also get pew, pew, bonus pew. points. You do this for four <laughs> rounds. The most points win. And they get to come back and play Boomerang again. Yay! 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was so coming back for this, more. We played two versions of this game, both USA mm-hmm. and Australia, on Board Game Arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did we think of the look of the game on BGA? I mean, you're missing the pad, but otherwise, it looked pretty <laughs> good. You could really get right up there and, and look at him. Yeah, that's a good point, Ed. Uh, let's first talk about the cards, but I want to get back to that idea of missing the pad. So mm-hmm. uh, in this game, you get pictures of where you're going, right? And they're kind mm-hmm. of cartoon mm-hmm. style, would mm-hmm. you say? Is that right? Yeah, I'd say, yeah. They're like a little sure. comic cartoon kind of style to them. Yeah. yeah, and then you get sort of a cartoon 
map uh, for yourself to cross off. Each one of us mm-hmm. gets one of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I liked the colors. I liked the colors and the breakdown, and they certainly did show landmarks and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would say that the art was decent. Yeah. I mean, it's stylized. I mean, Some of them look like there were photos that stylized it in a, a kind of a soft way, but you can clearly point out all the landmarks like, oh, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're American, you can definitely point out the American landmarks. I, I can't right. speak for the Australian landmarks, but. Oh, yeah. No, I was yeah. uh, I definitely needed a guidebook for those Australian mm-hmm. landmarks yeah. that we were looking yeah. at. But that as kind of the educational yeah. aspect of the game in a way where you get to see landmarks of places you might not necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good, point. good point. I. I have a general issue with write games on Board Game Arena or any other format, uh-huh. roll and write, you know, draft and write, because the writing is part of the game, and you 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 are you're not allowed to partake in that particular experience <laughs> experience, and that is a part of the enjoyment of the game that inherently is is gone. So I have a little bit mm-hmm. of of a problem, generally speaking, with these uh, on the on the game platforms online. I, I definitely yeah. hear what you're saying there, but I think. Board Game Arena made a nice compromise in a way where they're showing you a digital version of your score pad and you're seeing like little pencil lines of your score and <laughs> little X's <laughs> on the map yeah. as you go. So it's, it's not a bad facsimile considering it's all digital. But it I is mean, a facsimile. Me, right. Yeah, it is. It is a facsimile. I think I get, and- yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I get more tuned in when I actually take pencil to paper you know what i mean i mm-hmm. know what's going on more like that's one of my learning strengths i would say mm-hmm. is when i write something down so it did take that away from me i totally get that where you're coming from yeah because it automatically yeah, I filled think... it in you didn't get the pencil over there and fill it in yourself mm-hmm. right i might have enjoyed the journey a little bit more had i been able to track it on my own and mm-hmm. another problem with it doing all the writing is you're not uh and this is a problem with a lot of uh, games on bga is you lose the ability to kind of understand how you're scoring because it's doing mm-hmm. everything for you. It's doing so many pieces of the keeping track and scoring for you that you're like, how mm-hmm. did I get that point? What exactly, yeah. what point did I get? I know. And that can so be it, frustrating. It yeah, almost goes too bit. fast. Yeah, I found yeah. myself not really being able to like understand where my points were coming from a lot of times because uh, it, it, I mean, there was a chart there and if I read the rules myself instead of, us being lazy and letting Ed do all the rules for us all the time. <laughs> I might have tuned into that a little bit better. But um, yeah, I found myself wondering, oh, wow, I didn't know why I didn't score for that. Or what mm. did that score come from? That's awesome, you know, a couple of times. So yeah. Wow, and I got Mike seven points I... there. Let me do that again. How did I get those <laughs> yeah. seven points? Yeah, 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 <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. And Mikey and I got mad at Ed because we didn't <laughs> understand the rules enough. And there's a problem with that, isn't there, Mike? I mean, yeah, it's really not fair of us to get mad at Ed for that because I don't think he's doing it on purpose. But every game almost there's like, you know, you're going towards some goal that you think is going to work. And then Ed goes, oh, by the way, just a reminder or, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, something I forgot to mention before. Well, <laughs> it's like, oh, or, no. he mentioned, <laughs> or he mentioned it. We missed it, but we still get mad at him for it. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Games I kind of yeah. mentioned it, but because I mentioned it in 10 other things, it mm-hmm. didn't necessarily yep. drive the point home. I, I have a right. feeling, Ed, though, that you get a little touch of joy out of how mad we get that you forgot something. <laughs> your impatience. I mean, a little touch of joy out of your, your anger and frustration. I mean, 
Occasionally, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not just anger and frustration. Anger and frustration over the fact that we were too lazy to learn the game for ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally our fault. <laughs> That's right. It's almost vindicating. while I was explaining it. <laughs> yeah, even worse. He actually explained it. Yeah, he didn't that. listen. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm um, a little better than Celeste in the listening part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as I'm, as I'm far more so, distractible. Far more distractible <laughs> than you are. You know what um, distracted me in this particular game of Boomerang mm-hmm. was was the map itself. And what I mean by that is that I'm so focused on the concentrating on the map mm-hmm. and trying to either complete a route or trying to complete a section of the map first before anybody else so I can get those bonus points. Mm-hmm. I forget that there's all these other ways to score, like the mm-hmm. icons and stuff. And I wound up ignoring that to my own detriment. Yeah. And the yeah. map points are only like three points per region. Oh like, my god! I got get so can, distracted by the map. Why so is the map? Right? Why is the map so big on the pad if it counts for <laughs> so few points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yes, need to thank be. you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a big open it's, space. Yeah, it's, it doesn't need to be that. And big. I love maps. I, I'm a <laughs> yeah. mapophile. I'm a, yeah, yeah. and so it's totally distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel like the map really told us much either. You know what I mean? Like there's four four things in this region of Australia, but they're not mm-hmm. like pinpointed around the map where they approximately are. Yeah. They're just next to each other in a big blob. So I in didn't the really region. learn. Yeah, yeah it's exactly, an approximate yeah. location. And also it gives a guide to the color coding of the card. So if you well, yeah. see yes. the region, it's yellow on the map. The cards that correspond to that region also yellow right right celeste no, I, your frustration would have been higher if you played like the usa map because it's <laughs> not just australia which gives you the regions there are the actual transcontinental routes that you're trying to 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 score to go along the particular yeah. route to get extra bonus points so it's oh. that that even made it more distracting yes, more attractive yeah. right 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 but, but it was kind of cool that it had that extra little like way to get points though because you could collect the whole region or you can collect a line from coast to coast right those are both separate things so if somebody blocks out the whole region you could still get cards in that region that matter if you're trying to connect them across the intercontinental yeah yeah our complaint is they didn't count for enough Mm -hmm. oh yeah with the with the routes i did really well that was That's mm-hmm. why when I played the Australia, I'm like, man, where am I getting points now? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ed, you said in this game you need to have a plan A and a plan B. Why is that? Well, I mean, okay. For example, I focus a lot on the blue points where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick one of those and go for it. Could, could only score each blue icon once. Mm-hmm. per game and it's only four mm. rounds so if you yeah. did your photos on on one round you can ignore photos for the rest of the game so yeah. i would like, you like have, okay you should, yeah. i'm gonna try to make this my photo round but mm-hmm. if you're not getting the photo cards maybe right. you need to change it up you know it's mm-hmm. like okay maybe mikey getting photos right now i'm, I'm just not seeing him right. i didn't hit the right of him he passed me non-photos so it's time to change it up to plan mm-hmm. b have to be yeah, a little flexible, was, yeah. Yeah, it was nice sitting on the other side of Ed. Like, I love how the computer <laughs> separates us out in different spots. Uh, and yeah, because if there's a concentration of the one thing you're looking for in your hand, you know, you can't snipe it from the other players. They'll right. Everybody else is going to get a chance to see it. But if every time the cards come to you, there's one of that icon you're looking for, you can snatch it every time, and the person next to you will never see it. So you know, there's a lot of luck of the of the draw in this game. It's not just strategically yeah. passing, you know. And it's hard to tell what the other player's doing. So 
you don't really get that much of your strategy from trying to block the other players. It takes a while for you to figure that out. And Mike, you said you didn't really feel the connection to the theme. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying is like with the map and stuff. Like I just felt like I I wasn't traveling. You know what I mean? I was just collecting letters that have the same color to them or getting sets of symbols. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, kangaroos do this thing that kangaroos do. Like, oh, if you get kangaroos, you can hop one of your things to another region. Or something in your pouch. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like something, you know, I was just like looking for some kind of way for the theme to inform play, as you like to say. <laughs> I got a little bit distracted by all of the things you have to match and all the things you have to score, right? It, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like we were saying before, the map is so big, I just assumed that was going to be the majority of scoring, and it is mm-hmm. not. There's all, there's mm-hmm. maybe four groups of, of things you need to score, mm-hmm. and a couple of them are a little confusing, so yep. or harder to sort of pay attention to. So that yeah. I got a little bit lost in scoring. Yeah, in that right in that vein too, Celeste. Like when you're talking about real estate for importance, kind of comparison. Like the, the collecting a, a pair of the same animal gives you this tiny little point number yeah. in the corner of how much the value of that animal <laughs> yeah. is worth. You yeah. know, so if bears are worth five, you'll see a tiny square of a bear in a yellow, and then an even smaller number five. Oh you know, and it doesn't say you need to collect two of them. Like it no, doesn't, it doesn't. Two x equals five. Well, it just does have says a little five. one half there, but yeah, you have to understand. Yeah, right. It's even smaller than everything it's even else. Smaller that was than small. That. Yeah, exactly. It's not even. Better. <laughs> it's like so. The importance of what's oh, on the gosh. icons is not yeah, represented the in their size. Always yeah. read the fine stronger. print, folks. Always read the fine print <laughs> where the information is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, explorers. It's time to dig up or bury boomerang. Mike. I've played a few times now, and what I've noticed is that there are no actions or series of actions that make me feel like I've done something big, epic, or exciting, or worked mm. up to something cool. And I cannot even construct a scenario where something like that would happen in this game. So for just that reason alone, I have to bury it. Evan? I found Boomerang to be a relatively easy-to-learn draft-and-write game. It had elements of planning along with a lot of luck of the draft. Uh, I didn't find the game thrilling either or breathtaking anyway, but it did the job. It played pretty quickly, and I don't think it's decent enough. I I can't bury it, so I'm going to dig it up. Ed? I enjoy the drafting element over just the randomness of rolling dice. So for an X and right filler type of game, it's okay. (laughs) It's definitely not an exciting game. It's like, oh, yeah, woo-hoo, uh, not really get that. But as a filler, it's light enough for a light dig. Yeah. I'm going to say that theme just did not inform play the way you would hope in a game about travel, the way it does in, say, parks. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I felt like it was more of a thin skin pulled Mm. over some math. That's what it felt like to me. So I'm going to have to bury it. Mm. Well, guys, uh, we would like to know if you have traveled, where you've gone, and what card games you bring with you. (laughs) Find us on social media everywhere under Which Game First. Hey, guys, what's going on with Which Game First? Evan? As you know, Thursday nights is Witch Game 
first live game night, 7 o'clock on the East Coast of the United States. In fact, we just got done playing a game. Hope you were there to join us for it. <laughs> and uh, so we play on one of the various online uh, arenas or platforms. There are several, uh, Board Game Arena being amongst them, but there's others as well. Yukata, Yukata.de. Yukata's there. Shout out to old school. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But we want you to join us because we interact with you. We take your questions. We do banter back and forth. We play trivia games with you. It's very interactive. A whole lot of fun, and we can't think of a better way to spend our Thursday nights with you mm-hmm. helping us learn a new board game. That's Thursday night, 7 o'clock East Coast U.S. time. And am I wrong in thinking more of the people that tune in are watching us on YouTube instead of on Facebook or Twitch? Like It, w- it seems hmm. to vary from week to week, yeah. but like you said, we're on, we're on YouTube, we are on Twitch, and we are on Facebook, and you can catch us at all those places. And it, I think it just depends on the week. Yeah, and we uh, we follow the feeds on all of them, so you can go anywhere you want and still interact with us. But I hear that some of them do it so they can watch us on their big screen television, which is terrifying. That's a lot of face. Why would you want to do that? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I also want to go ahead and mention our board game design conference. Tickets are still available. You can catch mm-hmm. all of the videos. This was a conference we did last year, year and a half ago. And it's still a great opportunity to check out all kinds of information about designing board games. There are um, presentations on from industry professionals, uh, great names on playtesting your games, pitching mm-hmm. to publishers, how to collaborate with artists, being a game designer, self-publishing, the psychology of game design by mm-hmm. Martin Wallace. Love that. That yeah. one was a lot Martin. of fun. Social Zoomer. media marketing, the art of working uh, with a development team, you know, getting a degree in game design, setting up your business for game de- for games, all of that. We covered so much. And for 10 bucks, you can get access to all the videos. There's more than that. Um, with a fun introduction by our, <laughs> our old comedian friend who actually is doing an hour now of board mm-hmm. game. Wow. Um, board game, like an hour of board game stand up, which was uh, phenomenal. What's his oh, name, yeah. Mike? Grant. Grant Lyon. Yeah, and that dude Grant is Lyon. all over the TikTok every mm-hmm. day, a couple posts. Yes. He is and everywhere. Instagram. Instagram, Instagram. Too, yeah. yeah yep, catch, Insta, catch Grant Lyon uh, on social media, L Y O N. He's fantastic. He emceed our board game design conference. We were there too, uh, mm-hmm. asking questions, moderating. It was great. Great time. We hope you, uh, if you're at all interested in game design, we hope you'll check it out. It's definitely worth it. Really good. Yep. We want to also thank our patrons. Thank you. Thank you so much to our new patrons, our old yes. patrons. You guys keep the lights on. We deeply appreciate it. And if you become a patron of this show for just $3 a month, you can go to our website, whichgamefirst.com, become a patron. You will get access to our exclusive patron-only podcast called... Horuken bonus points. Bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> uh, we do it every other week just for you. You can come live and listen to us on Discord, or you can catch it in your podcatcher later. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's get on with the game. Thank you. Let's roll. Thank you. Our next game up this week is Arc Nova, designed by Matthias Wieg. Do we think it's Wieg? W-I-G-G-E? 
It is now. Wig. I think wig. Wig. All right. One of them, and we apologize to Matthias. (laughs) Published by Fjordland Spiel and Capstone Games in 2021. Number of players, one to four. Ages 14 and up. Playtime, 90 to 150 minutes. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. If it's published by Fjordland Spiel, then maybe his name is Matthias Wig. Yes, Matthias Vig. We hope all that's right, right and go. you're probably right, Mike. All right, all right. Sorry. All right, Mikey, <laughs> tell us what's in the box. <laughs> all right. On the cover, we find a backdrop of pleasant blue-green hexes. We love hexes. Um, yes, with do. a group of unlikely animal friends like elephants and tigers and such. They're just lounging on a giant jungle leaves that are floating in the ether. Mm. Inside, we discover a central game board, an association board, eight double-sided player mats, 255 playing cards, 129 wooden pieces, and more than 250 cardboard tokens and Woo. tiles. And that's what's in the box. Woohoo! <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Wow, that is a lot of stuff. Where do we get to the rules? It was hefty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah, well, before we tell you... What our intrepid archaeologists thought of this mm. game. Evan, <laughs> roar out some rules for us. Well delivered, Celeste. Thank you. <laughs> All right, here's a real brief description of the rules, folks. We're going to have to talk about some details as we go into this. In Arc Nova, you're going to plan and design a modern, scientifically managed zoo. You're going to build enclosures, accommodate animals, and support conservation projects all over the world to achieve your goals. Your goals. The more appealing your zoo, the more income it will earn. (laughs) The more conservation you perform, then you get to unlock special workers and buildings. And the more knowledgeable you become, the more animals and specialists and facilities you can access. (laughs) So the gameplay is based on action cards. Each player has a set of five action cards. Those actions are animals, association, build, cards, and sponsors. We'll talk about those. What you're going to do is you're going to place your action cards in any order you choose. When you take one of those actions, you resolve the action, and then you move that card to the end of the line where it's least powerful. And all your other action cards get shifted into their better position. Pretty simple. But it's not that simple. <laughs> the game <laughs> okay. ends. The game ends. Say so. The game ends when one player's pair of scoring markers meet. The player whose green track marker is farther ahead of their black track marker is the winner and they become the newest, zooiest, reviewiest, enthusiast <laughs> in the world. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. Spent all afternoon (laughs) writing that one. (laughs) Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. It must have taken a long time, Evan, to pare down any sensible uh, Mm. reading of what this game is about. I hope I did it a little bit of justice because there's so much more to that game going on as well. I feel that you got the base of the game covered, like how to win and what you might be doing during the course of it. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, let's start at the beginning, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the components and art in this game, it's a, it's really photos, right? Yeah, uh, there are a lot of photos in the game. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There, yeah. there are actually some graphic designs and stuff like that uh-huh. too. So it's not strictly photos, but, mm-hmm. but I think I the, the most appealing so, art in the game for me 
are all mm-hmm. the animal pictures, and they mm-hmm. are spectacular. Yeah, mm, absolutely. All unique too, absolutely. right? I mean, I didn't see a lot of mm-hmm. duplication going no, on. So. No, every yeah. animal card is unique. There is one mm-hmm. of each. Each specialist card, one of yeah, each. And there's hundreds of them, right? So yeah, somebody a spent a lot of time at the zoos to get all those pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like hundreds of pictures that they use. It's great. Uh, okay, yeah. so in addition to that, holy cow, the components. There, the, This is... Okay. The track, <laughs> the track, You're overwhelmed. Yeah, I am. Because I, I'm looking at some pictures of it. And oh my mm-hmm. goodness. So many little doodads cat unfriendly doodads um mm-hmm. oh yeah and the yeah, tracking high on the cat unfriendly scale for sure yeah and be honest absolutely. how far up does the tracker go the score Ooh. tracker celeste kind of, yeah. The tra- yeah the tracker it's i think in the hundreds right uh, we're at the hundred something mark here <laughs> mm-hmm. but celeste here's the best thing you have two pieces. You have two pegs. One at the high end. One at the low end. And and mm-hmm. you're gonna and and they're gonna race around the track. One going up. One going down until mm-hmm. they meet. So right. you're 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 tracking your stuff in multiple different ways in this game. I found that mm-hmm. invention to be that mechanic it's to be really, really interesting. Yeah, because yeah. okay. the yeah. the end of the game is triggered when those two pegs cross each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So you want to move one peg not as fast as the other peg the, the negative point peg basically you want that to go slow and you want the other one to go fast so it meets it at a more like uh higher scoring spot on the board it doesn't right. matter you want them both to move as fast as possible because mm. your net score is the difference between the two mm. that's okay. right yep your net score right, right. oh yeah How yeah, far yeah apart right. there correct so it's 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 interesting. I don't know that I've seen that mechanic before in any other game. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not I aware of it either, and I think it's pretty clever. Mm. Okay. The, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I want to hear say, more. I, well, the uh, another really clever part of it, I thought, was the action like uh, economy, like the way you use your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of times where you're like, you know, I want this action to be at its maximum. But mm-hmm. it's like one away. So you'll use the one that's already at its maximum, even if you don't need it sometimes, just so you can bump that up into position for the next turn. Because you have to planning. make room for it. That's right. Yeah. And planning out when you want those things to happen is a really big deal. Like that's how you can be very efficient in this game. And everybody knows how obsessed I am with efficiency. So mm-hmm. I was paying a lot of attention to those. That's cards. right. If you want, say, for example, you want your animals action card to be in your top slot. Mm-hmm. But it's in the fourth slot instead of the fifth slot, fifth being the highest. You've got to play whatever's in that fifth slot, whether you want mm-hmm. to or not, to make room so you can get your animal card mm-hmm. into or that Or if slot. you're lazy and speed is important, but you still need a trigger as a five, you can use mm-hmm. one of the plus signs, which will right. take whatever it is and add a bonus to it. It's like, no, it looks like a four. I'm going to spend one of these bonuses. It's now a five. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those cards upgrade too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's oh, you're, oh, you're about to mention that. Go ahead and talk about that, Evan. I don't want to steal that away from it's you. It's exactly yet. what I was going oh, to oh. say. It was what you said. <laughs> Upgra- upgrading your action cards is also something I don't know that I've seen all that much uh, in, in prior games. I'm having a hard time remembering that, but I mm-hmm. thought that was brilliant as well. So my animals card is normal. I can upgrade. It becomes I mean, animals plus. I forget what the what the <laughs> side is. You flip it over, uh, and it goes from blue to red, and it, it right. and it, it un, and the power the uh, the actions become uh, even better for you when you perform. Yeah, it, it's, it's undoubtedly it's, more powerful. You, when you mm-hmm. flip it over, you're like, yes, I got power now. It feels is, so good. Uh, 
so tough to achieve. Like it's really tough to actually get to that because there's a lot of stuff you have to do before you get that kind of a ability to upgrade that. Yeah, it's, and, and and to that end, because I tried to concentrate on getting some of these action cards upgraded, I probably did so to my detriment again. Mm. You really have to concentrate <laughs> on a lot of different aspects of of, right. of your of your build as you go. You it's hard to ignore one part of your of your engine in effect in order and and have everything come out the the way you want. Mm-hmm. You, you wind up mm-hmm. suffering too much, and you and you find yourself in yeah. in a hole that you can't crawl out of. That was me. Yeah. Well, I kind right. of feel like the timing of when you do those things is kind of important, too, because some things will be more potent after you do other things. So, like, upgrading the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the one where you go to, like, start these, like, altruistic projects or whatever. The, associations? To get new, yeah, associations. So you want to get workers so you can do more stuff at the associations or mm-hmm. upgrade that card mm-hmm. because that'll help you to trigger buying more animals later because you have more options to buy animals when you upgrade that card. Mm-hmm. So thinking about your strategy, but also the ones that synergize and, and support the other ones and getting them done first is really important. Yeah, order of operations. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So guys, I want to ask you, because <laughs> what you're saying is going very deep into this game. And this does yeah. definitely seems like a deep game. It is. I think Without that doubt. I wonder if the rating on the weight of this game is rated on Board Game Geek like most games are. It's rated, though, at 3.71. I love that they go to the second really? decimal point. 3.71. I, I love that they go to the second decimal point, okay, yeah. in uh, Board Game Geek. But 3.71 out of 5. Mm-hmm. It mm. seems even heavier mm. to me than that. So I want to mm. ask you, like, h- how were you in managing all of the things that you could do and managing what you, what you could do in a turn? So what I mean by that is... For example, in the cards that I'm looking at, I'm counting five formulas on a single card with 12 individual symbols. That's yeah. an example. <laughs> yeah, right? the iconography is heavy. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. are you using? A reference chart? All right. How mm. did you guys manage that? How are you? How did it feel? I mean, for me, it was a little overwhelming, especially at first. Um, it kind of reminded me of that level of complexity that like terraforming Mars has yes where there's several parts of the card that you could be focusing on that's right but you could kind of isolate some of those that matched your strategy and not pay as much attention to some of the other ones so sometimes you're just like oh I need this symbol I need multiple of this symbol that's the card I want to go for it is iconography heavy and like <laughs> yeah. most of those games you have to learn the language a little bit first and then at that point, the cards become intuitive. Because mm-hmm. I like the iconography in a sense, because otherwise, there'd have to be a wall of text there. And I think because, not only yeah, you have to learn that iconography, but once you see it, it's like, aha, this one is going to get me predator icon, and it's associated mm-hmm. with Africa. So, yeah, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. I want that card. Oh, and it's worth six victory points. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you look at the one of the cards, like just... The top half of the card, even though there's a lot of symbols there, there's only really three regions of symbols that are there. One is like the cost, one is the value, and one is the prerequisites kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know what I mean? So it's even though there's a lot of different symbols in there, it's really just, you know, means the same three activities that are going on in the card. Mm-hmm. Um, the com- some of the complexity comes in at the bottom of the card, and that's also where your synergy comes in a lot of times, too, because things will boost other things that are on the board. Celeste, in order to put a specific animal into your zoo, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you have to create the correct size uh, enclosure yeah. in your in your park or in your zoo in order to do that. And that's all that all that information is also on that animal card that you have to read into. <laughs> So not only is it trying to figure the card out if it's right for you and what it's going to yield and do for you, you got to make sure that you built the right kind of place on your tableau mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. and you got the space, to, the right space to right. put to put it in. The yeah. These multiple tab- layers of having to think about these things. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and these tableaus, that, you still have the regular resource. <laughs> up to money. It's excited to manage. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to make money too. It's yeah, like it's almost also a not side free. thing. It's like, oh yeah, right. I forgot. I have to pay for it. Yeah. Right, so it's business management on top of mm-hmm. uh, taking mm-hmm. in a lot of scientific right. concerns. Very mm-hmm. much so. Yeah, it kind of saddened me that like a lot of what you need to do in this game is to impress guests rather than doing science. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To to keep wow. your your scientific project going, you really have to sell it to the public and get that. But yeah. there is That's... a science strategy in the game, getting a whole bunch of science icon, get the right science uh-huh. project and get... that's what i did i went all kinds of science in this game that's what i was like oh man i gotta get money too but you know sometimes the projects pay off a little bit so it helps to keep you floated that's a real concern in real science it is no you know people can't research what people but what people are not willing to fund yeah and it could be very important things that they're trying to research but if they can't excite the public enough or at least the people who are paying the money can't get get the funding yeah Mm -hmm. It doesn't get researched. <laughs> yep, sadly. Yeah, sad. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Ark Nova. Let's start with Ed. I very much enjoy this game. Of course you did. It compared to me very much like Terraforming Mars. I played this game a few times now, and each time I tried different strategies, and I'm Still looking forward to playing again and trying something new. So I'm going to dig up a nice new aviary right over there for my giant <laughs> eagle. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mike? I mean, I'm I'm definitely on the same train that Ed is on. I found the symbolism a bit tough, though, to follow in this game. Mm-hmm. But there's so many strategies and synergies to explore and ways to just change the game for you each time you play. Tough decisions to make. I definitely want to give it another try. So I'm going to dig it up. Evan? Ark Nova, it's a medium to heavy Euro game that, like most of these types of games, has replayability up the wazoo. (laughs) It has a lot of classic Euro gaming conventions, along with some that I've not encountered before. I really like that. It's a long Mm -hmm. game, Celeste, but if you have the time, it's worth it. Dig it up. Okay, everybody, we want to know what was your best or worst experience at the zoo. Let us know (laughs) at which game first on social media. Our last game up this week is Space 1999. Yeah. Uh, designed in 1976, so you can just imagine. Uh, game of the future. By Milton Bradley, number of players 2 to 4, ages 12 and up. Who cares? Playtime, whatever. It was the 70s. Nobody cared about playtimes. Uh, Friday so, night. That's all they had to know. <laughs> playtime, Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mikey, tell us what is in this gigantic rectangular box so often seen in the 70s. 
The cover of the box, in no uncertain terms, lets you know you will be in space. (laughs) (laughs) It's plastered right in the middle of the box. Uh, There seems to be some oddball characters and weird-looking spaceship that scream to me intellectual properties of of a show long past its prime <laughs> based on the hairstyles for yes, sure yes the hairstyles Martin and the space suits there. look at him <laughs> yeah. uh, when we venture into the endless sea of the universe we discover a game board with a rotating secondary board on it uh, 16 ship tokens in four different colors and a custom six-sided die with two sets of one through three in green <laughs> and red <laughs> and that's what's in the box well <laughs> Before we tell you how this futuristic game went down in history, Evan launched the rules. Yeah, there's not much to talk about here, but I'll give it a shot. It's kind of the opposite of Ark Nova. After Ark Nova, you need a break. Get a deep breath. breath. (sighs) All right, so I'm going to read it to you as uh, it's up on um, (laughs) Board Game Geek. So here you go. Check out the rules. They're right here on the back of the box. Oh, more (laughs) Back of the cover. More information on the back of the box. Space 1999, where no one can hear you scream at this game. (laughs) The goal of the game is to be the first player to move your four spaceships home. During your turn, you can move one piece, either by moving one space or jumping over any ship or ships, like checkers. After you move, you then roll a die, and and the board spins from one to three spaces, left or right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the end game usually consists of everyone moving their last ship back and forth until a lucky die roll is made. That's what's that's what's written. <laughs> it says at, that at in the board, board, <laughs> board game. No, you it's luck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to oh, put it. Man. I thought that was as good as anything. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's your rules. <laughs> Jumping around space. <laughs> Spinning space. Around space. Spinning space. Spinning. All right. Can we talk about how the game looks? Okay, so let's get to it here. <laughs> Come- uh, yeah. L- before we even get to the game, let's talk about the television show it's based on for a second. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please do. So, Please Space do. 1999. Spoiler I- alert, by the way, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler If you haven't alerts, seen probably. the episodes, there's spoilers contained in this. That's right. They show. are available on YouTube. The show wow. only ran for a couple of years. Yeah, so, a couple of I imagine wow. they were pushing this marketing out the door as fast as possible. And like so many games of this era, they clearly only licensed like four images and then just kept using them. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same ones on the cover that they use on the inside of the box, right? Yeah. We've seen (laughs) that before. Mm-hmm. Um, at least they went ahead and got one, two, three, four, five, six pictures. I give them credit because we have seen, I think mm. the least we've seen on one of these games is two, like two <laughs> images from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they went ahead and did that. Plus they did, I'm impressed with the board that spins around, but the television show, before we get there, okay. mm-hmm. two years, and I took a look at it, watched mm-hmm. an episode, watched, oh, you an, watched an episode episode on YouTube. Oh, now cool. you can, you can, um... You can, I'm a fan of sci-fi. This mm-hmm. was not so much sci-fi oh. as Bonanza in Space. Oh, no. It, Come on. it had the best, as is usual in the 60s and 70s, the best fight choreography ever. You do not see punches being thrown at this violent level and actually physically clearly making contact with the other actors that's like, awesome no clearly. punch me come on punch me do it they i mean it wasn't it wasn't full on but they you could tell it, but yeah yeah you could tell that there was definitely more physical contact than there is today 
And uh, and I have to say, the outfits mm. were <laughs> white bell bottom spacesuits, yes. right? Oh yeah, what else would you wear? Yes, no, they were rocking it. Full turtleneck. Oh yeah, white suit with a belt, a stuff. little sash belt that they tied off on the Heck side. Yeah. Mm. That's Which the good said stuff. macho on the buckle or something. <laughs> Speaking of macho, <laughs> what? this show is all bravado all the time. Oh, I mean, yeah. It made yeah. Star Trek look progressive. Shatner Star Trek? Yes, Shatner Star Trek progressive compared to the machismo that was reeking off of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the scientist guy on here? He looks like he's one of those evil like scientist yeah. oh guys. yeah he's yeah, all I'm crouched sure over like yeah. something that's burnt some like, burning experiment or something yeah and he has some weird like rotating device that does absolutely nothing in front I, of him I'm that definitely he's getting Baltar vibes definitely yeah, 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 right. it looks like something from the time machine or something right oh, I look man. at that picture it's awful and everything was action packed they had to talk <laughs> like this like space was an emergency <laughs> all the time space ain't going nowhere man trust me no. yeah, I <laughs> always vague recollections of the show but you saw i do it? remember as a kid having a toy replica of that spaceship and oh, a big detached and ed Dude. i think they used that actual toy in the game as yeah. a spaceship flying around because it was all models oh man that is wild holy moly <laughs> all right so, so wow we can talk about the game too maybe but... <laughs> oh there was a game oh we're gonna yeah, go to yeah. the game maybe uh, yeah it was fun not... talking about the show yeah yeah let's talk about how this game represents the show apparently <laughs> this it's game like crap makes... to me <laughs> that's my opinion i mean yeah come so on. this game basically is about la- landing spaceships on a spinning disc which really doesn't have much to do with the game or I mean, space. the show at all. No. no. Space is kind uh, of three-dimensional, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Meg, who hey, also... Meg. Yeah, hi, Meg. Also brought us the, the um, Snoopy and the Red Baron game that we reviewed last episode. Yeah, and dug she it She found this game as well at a uh, big flea market in D.C., which is where she's from. And uh, at all the pieces were there. I'm very That's impressive. impressive. Very impressive. All the pieces were there again. So thank you to Meg. And um, let's talk about it. So there's Mm. a crew. There's a moon base. Right? So how did it feel? Theme and form play? Space is three-dimensional, dude. It's not a flat plane. You don't jump spaceships. (laughs) I mean, the spinning. I mean, galaxies do spin. So that's something. The moon but, but but other than that, <laughs> what is going on here? It's checkers. <laughs> it's a weird checkers, and like it's the checkers board, with a moving board, right? Because it's it, a, but it's like a yeah. stuttering board, you know? Because when yeah. you roll, it's either going left or right. It's going one <laughs> yeah, or two or right. three spaces left or right. So it's just going kind of like zigzagging back and forth, and oh, you yeah. just got to get lucky that you're kind of lined up with where you're trying. Yeah, to that's go. right. Actually, yeah. I think it would zero one or two spaces. Oh, yes. zero. Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah, die. That's right. Okay, so these are the same die that mm-hmm. were included in the game SWAT. Right. It's really right. the, the exact same die. Right. same die. That. So Wooden die. The advantage yeah. to owning both these games, if you lose die for one, you're covered. <laughs> yep. Sure. Oh, yeah, I was just as mad about the zero on that one. Yes, <laughs> you were. You know, but at least zero on this one means that it doesn't move and you can go where you intended to like point to in the first place. So. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. zero has a purpose here rather than just lose a turn or like do nothing. 
<laughs> Although it's a bit zero on the die, it's just a one of the die result means nothing happens. Isn't that oh, insane? Right. They, yeah. they have no yeah, they zero. they have a result. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one means you don't move. Yeah. And what right. does the two mean? That you move one? You move one. And the three I, means you move two. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, you know who thought it was brilliant? The marketing department who had to pay for those dice or didn't have to pay for them after they made the SWAT game. Yeah, exactly. That's, who so that's right. They're like, let's just use these dice. Left dice. Over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> use yep, those. Okay, make, make a game around it. Okay, yep. done. <laughs> yeah, can you guys make a cheap to to make game around these dice that we have lots of extras from? Hey, you the think last we should game? play test this? Sorry, it's already out the door. <laughs> yeah, if you don't think Milton Bradley finds ways to reuse their stuff in different games, oh or goodness no. Uh, goodness, oh they gosh. always, always frugal, frugal to the last. Yep. So of course. Uh, on the cover of this game, it says, object, be the first commander to land a fleet on a hostile planet. Oh, no, to That's land fleet on yeah. hostile planet. Right. Yeah. It's written like a, it's translated from English to Japanese back to English or something. Yeah. yeah be the first oh, commander man. to land fleet on hostile planet. That's it. That's the whole Mm-hmm. Object of the game. Did it feel like you were a commander? Did it feel like you were landing a fleet on a hostile planet? I mean, you were landing <laughs> no, though, somewhere. This game blew Twilight Imperium out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> In complexity, strategy, depth, like That's oh, right. components. Oh, right, right, right. Components. Text. Yep. I mean, <laughs> component. There Dude, was... don't forget the component. Yep. True. I mean, player one has a massive advantage because you're all trying to get to the same goal, but you have like, you know, completely yes. symmetrical starts, yep. uh, mm-hmm. except for one person starts earlier than everybody else. <laughs> you know who um, really has the advantage? The one that guesses the random movement correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot luck. of skill to guess random things. And yeah. is there any decision making here or is it all just luck? Ed? Uh, <laughs> He's thinking about Ed, it. I think He's trying to say something decision nice. Decision would be to not play the game. But, uh, <laughs> like, all right, wait, wait, wait. Nuclear war. Let, let me give a minor defense to this game, regardless of whether all it right. deserves it or not. Okay, please. So there was wow. a, a sort of decision to make because <laughs> there there is an kind of an outer rim of the board where you just kind of can just plant your piece there and ride it around and hopefully it gets to where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Or there's the inner circle, which kind of you know, when you think about gears and stuff, it kind of moves faster, you know, because it's on the inside and then you can shoot out and go where you want to go after mm-hmm. that. So that was the decision that you're making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the decision to, right, to do the right thing, which is go inside. Yeah, which is the, get lucky. Go to the inner circle. <laughs> yeah, doing but, the right thing means being lucky. Yeah, But it's actually a bad idea to go to the inside because the route is <gasps> without doubt longer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. The inside circle is slower. At least two more dots you have to travel through using Mm -hmm. the inner circle than the outer circle. Yeah. Yep, but the difference is that those move closer to your goal a little faster. Yeah. Jumping is the key here because you can jump, 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 jump. Set yourself up every other space so that you can do the mega jump into your Mm -hmm. landing platform. Yeah, because you can jump your own pieces too. Because everybody knows the science behind spaceship jumping like frogs over each other. Yes. Yes. yes, on a flat plane, Ed. On a completely yeah. flat plane. <laughs> yeah, that's some spaces. Has something to do with dark matter, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. When you follow the tides of space on the flat plane, you can obviously <laughs> use that momentum to jump other spaceships to a further mm-hmm. spot. Right, right. Everybody knows this. Yeah, it's science. Yeah. It's science, man. It's science. <laughs> okay, explorers. 
let's <laughs> let's let's do some scientific precision judgments here. It is time to dig up or bury space. Nineteen ninety nine. Let's see uh, who's going to be the lucky starter. I think we'll start with Evan. Okay, yeah. space nineteen ninety nine. It's essentially Chinese checkers on a rotating board, <laughs> and, and the fact that it rotates, I suppose that adds an element of a complexity to checkers itself, but not nearly enough to make this game interesting enough to recommend to anybody, even for the biggest <laughs> space nineteen ninety nine enthusiasts that are out there. You all must bury it. <laughs> <laughs> you must bury this game. All right, uh, Mike. The game relies far too heavily on luck gives the player one a huge advantage <laughs> and there's a decision basically to make in this game. <laughs> so, you know, it just wasn't for me. I have to bury it. <laughs> just for you, Mike? It just yeah. wasn't yeah. for yeah. you? I don't want to speak for everybody out there, okay? I'm Mike's not so bold as to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Ed, you want to bring it home with what I'm sure will be a glowing review. Yeah, I oh, hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it. might compel you to take a look inside this box, <laughs> only to find out there's nothing about this show there. <laughs> the gameplay yeah. itself is boring. <laughs> there is a reason Harsh. the age limit is from 8 to 12 <laughs> and I'm not sure that they even it holds up well to that age group Yeah. so I'm going to have to bury it <laughs> yeah. eight to 12. Ed it is not very often you hear Ed say a game is boring yeah. that's wow. true that is a, that is that's the that kiss of damning. death yes, right there. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to expect any surprises here. Uh, I'm not about to dig this one up. Although I will say I was very impressed with the spinning board. It works really well and it has a, a very impressive quality to it. But that's the 70s game components, man. Mm. Some of them were very impressive. Like almost like money was no cost or people used to manufacture stuff back then. Um, <laughs> anyway, besides that, though, other than that, I guess you could hang it on your wall and maybe spin it around. But as a game, <laughs> no, bury it. Nah. All right. Well, have you watched Space, in, Space 1999? And if you haven't, I recommend you go now and watch it. It is absolutely <laughs> worth one episode viewing. Maybe you'll get caught up in the story and watch all, I think... <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12 episodes that actually aired. Yeah. Binge um, it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a Friday, like you said. And we definitely want to know what you think of it. So reach out to us and let us know what you think at which game first. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you. Please reach out to us. We love to hear from you on our social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Discord, YouTube, we're there. Come see us. Come chat with us. If you would like more perks and content from our show, you can become a patron of this show for just $3 a month and get a, your exclusive access to our patron-only podcast called... Happy Gaming Explorers. The year is 1999, so party like it. Hmm... I gotta bring all of these animals to the ark, but I gotta use peers for some reason. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you dance, dance jump over the dance, other station, jump, hop. 